Hello Universe! Well, 11.59 here on... What do you know? And now it's midnight! Well, I think I've cut it closer one other time, but... <clears throat> the day of Memorial Day just ended. So, that makes this now the 31st, because it's Tuesday. Because it's Tuesday. I do want to stop saying cuz. Well, do I? I'm not sure on that one. Um, happy day after Memorial Day, Tuesday, the, uh, yeah, 31st of May, so final day of May here, and the month of May, I must say, without delay, that little play and uh, a working way that needed to hmm, stop this here now. Um, I had a good May. If I were on a monthly routine of trying to evaluate, I'd probably have some pretty decent things to, to identify in May as needed wins, particularly when it came to reestablishing some dependable and, uh, and, uh, hmm, acceptable? Um, what is, it's, work is not a minus. So what does that make work? It makes it tolerable Gosh, I'm not sure because there's more to it than that but the more to it is all the personal relationships and the involvement I have with them in the hmm, gap uh, filling uh, role that individually I'm uh, starting to fill in with the people I knew who are still there in other words, <clears throat> now that I've seen the sort of impact these three and a half years had on them, as they tell me the story from their point of view, I'm starting to uh, <laughs> understand how, how uh, poorly framed they're still allowing their relationship to their job to exist. They still... And I, I don't know, there, there are two camps. Either they are defeated and believe they have now been ground down and discarded from uh, any sense of reciprocal value between the corporate overlords and the daily worker. In other words, their disillusionment is entrenched or they are still hopeful that a better outcome is just there, there, or there in the horizon and have the ability to throw denial elements of <laughs> their current concept of corporate overlords 
where necessary until inevitably they either filter out or end up in the other camp. But those who are there that I respect, and there are quite a few, um, I've had personal sort of career walkthroughs of the last three years for six or seven of them, and they all speak of eventually there just hasn't been enough personnel to get the job done right. People don't want to work there. And the ones who uh, come through for one month of paychecks while they laze around and get basically fired, well, those (laughs) are a serious drag on the system. And after two months, I think that identification by the group is right. It's shocking how much having somebody start and then be gone in six weeks sucks the life out of the department because you are constantly focused on how to help that person get better, which takes away from what you're doing. And just when you've invested enough time that they have some concept of how to do certain things enough to be told without being directed to go get something done, well, if those people quit at the six-week mark, it's a complete loss. (laughs) And two people in the garden department have had that exact cycle. And it's just a killer. And the third drag that can occur in any condition of any job employment situation is that horrific worker who is evading any uh, oversight to uh, basically uh, milk the clock for whatever lack of work slash hiding in bathtubs. Who knows where this coworker is, but they're never seen in the department working, so they're doing something. That uh, situation also is rough. So, (laughs) if in two months I have seen all of it occur more than once, then in three and a half years, how much of that is going on that has just been... There's no way to put it but it, it's defeating there's there's no help because the help that comes is it it's <laughs> it's actually a negative and and that's why you see sometimes that worker of 15 or 12 or 20 years who literally just continues to do one or two things and if somebody who's new wants to learn those one or two things, that they will teach them exactly how to do it to this standard. If they stick around through that process, maybe they'll teach them a third process. If they stick around through that one, maybe they'll teach them a fourth. Because that person's learned that any more investment than that, well, frankly, they're already stretched then. How much time can they waste in resources that 
five out of seven times, suck you dry for no return. <clears throat> and then when that creates even less of a committed workforce because everyone is now stretched thinner than is manageable. Well, you either lose the people who absolutely say that's enough and thus have the standard to say management is overreaching. When they leave, well then you're left with the hardcore 15 or 20 who just are gonna stick it out no matter what. And when that attitude becomes the baseline that gets them through their workday, I got three more years till I can call it quits and get on my whatever retirement, 13 years, 27 years, whatever they're counting down, well, it's as if they've entered an automaton relationship with 40 hours of their life existence that they will perform in these pre-programmed and as expected standards and routines for in return the lubrication of money that allows them to exist outside of the place that writes a check. <clears throat> That's it. That's all they got. That's all they're willing to give. And in return, what do they do with their time off? Nothing. Nothing. But thank God that they're not working. So, none of this is what I expected to speak about because I turned on the recording in the kitchen uh, because I'm making cookies. Because what do you do when your dream connection and re recollection disappears? Well, you stack dishes up. Which, if you looked at the stack of dishes I'm looking at, obviously my dream recollection disappeared for a while. But what do you do when you have the kind of full recall of your dream state as you wake up and your dreams were just fantastic? Well, you make cookies. So I make cookies. Chocolate chip. Um, and I gotta take Phoebe for a walk. And it's 12... 12 or something now um, and I got a lot to get to after that first episode so having to be at work in six hours actually five hours and 50 48 minutes well 50 minutes would actually qualify uh, <clears throat> I figure as I'm getting through the rest of my nights well morning now as I'm getting myself prepped for work and doing whatever I can to both stay energized and get some sleep well I plan to get this recording done because technically this is my Memorial Day recording because I started this at 
Well, to be fair, 1159, 56, 57, something like that. But it wasn't 59 like that other one. So, uh, I know that's a slight improvement. But I'm always looking for improvements, and somehow I'm going to stop that from happening. I wonder if volume would do it. Sorry about this. Pause. Uh, hello. Hey, universe and potential audience member of one. If you're uh, curious about the delayed hiccup time-wise, this does jump from basically uh, Monday night at midnight to Thursday at what is now 1.30 because I've recorded the part you're about to listen to. This is just to let you know that I intended to have these recordings happen within hours of each other. It just took longer to get to it. Uh, so there's the reason for the delay, and uh, hopefully this is worth your time. And if it's not, shut it down now. Good afternoon. Yep. Good afternoon, universe. 12.42 on... Is it June 1st? Oh, it's the 2nd. I forgot to record on June 1st. Damn it. I didn't forget to record. In fact, uh, I had every intention of recording. The reason I didn't is, one, I fell asleep. And two, I have too many thoughts right now. And yay, welcome back. Um, and initiative number one, this is a cantaloupe haze Durban poison double dip morning. And boy, oh boy, has it been effective. And by morning, I only mean I saw about 33 minutes. I think I woke up at 1127. Uh, I saw about a half hour of morning. And then I've been uh, engulfed in thought pretty much ever since I woke up. Because I did get to experience the single greatest... Uh, well, I guess uh, that's not technically fair. The best bong hit of the day, the week, the month, inevitably for me, turns out to be one on a day when I really have nothing planned and therefore am free to let my mind go wherever it's going to go. Well, <clears throat> on a day like that, when I can indulge in a creative and euphoric sativa blend uh, I can wander through quite a bit of mental knots and get them untied. And I feel like I've been doing that for about an hour. And in so doing, I've missed some of hmm, the mental energy I try to capture when I record. So now I'm a little pissed at myself that it's taken me this long to hit the record button because I feel like I will never recreate some of the conclusion thoughts I was getting drawn as I try to catch up in real time with what my mind can do in mental time. And I don't know if that's something, I mean, I'm sure everyone else experiences this, especially if you have lived through the days of typewriters. Um, but to be able to write fast enough no matter how, even on a keyboard with a computer screen, if you can type 140 words a minute, maybe. But being only able to type <laughs> legitimately around 50 
And even if I just let my fingers roll so that my thoughts are captured as much as I can by being able to recognize my own mistakes as I type them out, I still can't keep up with my head. I can't get everything out fast enough to capture how quickly I can get A to B to C to D in my head. So even if I had had the recording going, I'm not sure I could have necessarily drawn the same value from understanding a way that I conflict with society at a fundamental level like I came up with this morning. And those moments, as much as anything, matter to me in life. Being able to determine more so now who I am against the influences around me so that I can steadfastly know who I am because this doesn't change regardless of input. Well, whoa, speaking of input, uh, let's get rid of that. Uh, the day obviously started with playing a little pinball. Um, God, talk about getting distracted. Okay. Whatever I was speaking about before this happened, downside of marijuana right here. But when you get derailed, you can get derailed from something important. That is true about marijuana. But not that this is important. But the realization I had this morning about life generally is I was given one huge gift, I feel, personally, inside. I'm lucky I'm this way. And that is, I can see the best in people regardless of what they're going through at the moment. And you don't have to be at your best for me to envision and believe in your best. And I can say that about everybody. So to me, that might be the greatest well, I didn't ask for it, but I got it, gift, I've got. Because I never, ever think you're not capable of better. I guess because I've never seen somebody at their best. And, and it's such a strange thing to think of seeing people at their best. People are people. And you could certainly envision... <laughs> a quilt of thread narrative potential in which you see me at nothing but my worst. I mean, put me in situations where I'm nervous, self-unsure, incapable of believing that good outcomes are inevitable. I mean, whatever mental framework you can put me in to think we don't stand a chance, well, we're not going to come out on top, we're going to figure out a way to lose. And, uh, and so the, the idea of seeing people at their best is so dependent on a circumstance in which you're seeing them. Well, I don't know. Again, that's where judgment for me is such a harsh standard. I mean, we're all capable of shitty things. All of us. In fact, the human experience 
one of the things you can't buy for your $45 while you're standing in line is, I don't want to make any mistakes. Here's my $45. Well, we don't sell that. I mean, that's the whole point of coming to earth, fuckface. So you make mistakes. That's why your soul is given the chance to live in 8675309 Earth. Because only from improving the standards around you through actions you've taken, knowing that contributions to less than the best are reasons that we're here. Well, come on, that's the whole human thing. And, uh, and I, I think, I, and this all came from trying to understand why I have to negotiate forgiveness. Why do I have to, why do I have to give you only this much forgiveness? Because I don't think you've shown me enough consideration for reconciliation for that moment. Bullshit. The moment is inevitable. Mistakes are part of the human condition. Having a bad day is just built in. And that bad day can be all because you, through poor decisions and dumb actions you took, fucked everything up. So, are you going to have that bad day every day going forward? Because if that's the plan, well then yeah, maybe we should have a conversation. But otherwise, no. No more do I need to draw attention to the things that you have done that you kind of fucked up. Then I want you to do that to me on a day when I'm just kicking myself in my own gonads. I know that day will come. And I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to bluster my way through it, meander my way through it, or drag my way through it one way or another and get to the end of it and think what why did I have to go through that? Well, because I'm human. And from it I will both learn to be more aware Adjustable, reactive, standoffish, stand downish, whatever it is that I'll learn that day about myself. Well, it's coming. And I think if it didn't mean as much as it means to have those moments that show you, wow, that's why I've always had that sort of abrasion with things. That's why I think the way I think when it seems like everybody else thinks that way. Well, if you have those kinds of hakuna matata realizations, well, even Walt Disney couldn't capture them. Because in some ways, they're a whole lifetime in coming to realize that the reason you don't understand the entire criminal justice legal system at the fundamental level is because you see the best in people always. And all our society really is capable of doing is making sure they contain the worst of us. So <clears throat> to me, if at our heart, the beat is built on putting down that which can't be tolerated. Well, 
Unfortunately, we're such conditioned little creatures. Well, you're just basically asking to see that which can't be held back in our heads naturally. Every thought you have doesn't get enacted. Thank God. Can you imagine? Well, every single person listening here just said, yeah, that's true. I've had some fucking crazy thoughts. Because we all have. But we don't act out on our craziest thoughts. No. In fact, the craziest thought is only available because here we are an individual with a unique mind that can keep that thought to myself. So that's a personal little nugget of nobody has to know about it because it was just a thought. We certainly aren't here to criminalize thought. We're here to experience thought turned into action, turned into consequence, turned into result that we're either proud of or embarrassed by, and then we move on to the next thing. But the thought, well, I can have as much ludicrous, outrageous thought. I just imagine myself using a sword to cut off the head of Mikhail Gorbachev. Why? I don't know. And I'm not obviously ever going to do that. I think he's even dead. But it it's a thought that is absurd, even in the own owner's thinking of the thought, right? We're not going to act on it. But if your society is built to contain that which actually occurs that does get acted on, again, I, I just believe we're framing a, a, an entire paradigm of expecting people to have thoughts that are borderline, that they're barely containing, and then when they can't contain them, we put them down. It just seems like it's built into the system. And when I came to think, why have I always bristled against the idea of punishment? Because I get punishment, but I think I only get punishment because I was born into a world, a paradigm, an existence in which punishment is the reaction. Because society is built to find those worthy of punishing. And so... That's why I have so much trouble figuring out why I don't think punishment should be part of our system. It can't come out of the system because the system is based on it. That's why I have so much trouble removing it. I know it shouldn't be there, but to envision something that doesn't involve punishment is to envision a world I didn't get born into. I was born into one built on punishment. And then you start having the whole domino chain thinking of school and he's smarter than her they're better at math than them or whatever and it's punishment it's you're not good enough you're not as good as and once you have you're not as good as well then you're not worthy and you deserve punishment i mean you start thinking about the ways that we're trained to think. It's spooky. Now, is it just how things go when civilized societies start to coalesce? We're still very barbaric. The murder rate's outrageous. 
the fact that handguns exist is outrageous. Handguns don't exist to save you from bears. So, I start to think about how an individual born into any of a variety of circumstances that are just so influential, there is no escaping. You are destined to fulfill these outcomes. Because once you think you're not as good as, you're not deserving, and punishment is inevitable, because, let's face it, you could have, should have, and in any probably other person's case would have done better with this life had you another chance to run through. So, put me on the cross. Tell me it's my fault. And yell at me that I should have known better. I don't want to live in that world. And I would never, ever expect a standard whereby what you've done till now deserves to be shut out of the rest of life. Well, if what you've done till now is so abhorrent that we have a lot of room to grow to be better, well, then you should become the shining star of what we're capable of achieving. So if I don't expect the best out of you, then I don't believe fundamentally that humanity is what it is capable of transcendent universal experience as long as humanity, the entity, is intact. And the situation we're in now, it's broken. I was listening to some chop recordings that I have from my phone that is now running out of space severely because of all the recording data I have disorganizedly saved across my phone and in the app itself I was trying to go through a bunch of stuff from Marsh that I never uh, had cleared out and one of it was the recording of Will Smith slapping at Chris Rock and uh, it made me reconsider A, that I had forgotten about that not forgotten, obviously it just was gone from my thought. And I don't know why that moment <clears throat> affects me the way it does. But Chris Rock breaking uh, would have been a weirder story than Will Smith breaking because then Chris Rock would have been up for See, this is how little I really care about this stuff. Is I'm, I'm very well aware of who Will Smith and Chris Rock are. And I am not in any shape or form, confusing them because of their similarity in skin color. But the incident itself is just that if you walk in with certain symptoms, the doctors panic because they understand that while you may not be aware of how close you are to fatal resolution, those symptoms in congruence mean you have three minutes to live or whatever. And so there's a panic because 
what the politic of the body was unaware of by these symptoms colliding simultaneously is so drastic that there's no there's no outcome here other than severe dismantlement. And I, I do think that night is one such boil on the ass of America. So what what comes next? I don't know. Is it apathy? Is that where we are? Have people literally become so disenchanted that they've given up hope and now they don't have room to act in any way that feels like a stride forward. That's what it seems like to me. And, uh, and I feel it myself. I, I do. Because I've got my dreams back. They've come back as if I was a fish out of water thrown back in the pond. It is. And I am tingling all over. And I'll tell you what. My tingle meter has shown up this week too. And I wonder if they are connected. I truly do. I'm starting to wonder if, in fact, our state of dreaming is some level of ESP interconnectivity with the mental side of humanity as a whole, whether that be back through and forward through time or across and within a pool of shared consciousness. I don't know. But I know that whatever that sixth sense is, is real. Why we are either infantile in its development or blocked off from its full realization, I don't know. But I'm well aware now that I connect through mental space across whatever electric energy that is without having to physically contact another consciousness. Even if it's just contacting my stream of consciousness across time. If that's the blip I'm tuned into, it's a legitimate blip. It exists. And the malaise of the mental energy I receive back now from everybody, I guess that scares me more than the Chris Rock getting slapped by Will Smith episode. And having realized immediately when I recorded it or listened to the recording that I had used this, I could delete it. That's all I was going for was to make sure I wasn't deleting something I hadn't either used or had gone back to, to reuse because it was unlistenable in its original form. Well, I still listened to all 25 minutes of that explanation because I realize it's not that I've forgotten that moment, but I have put it aside. That moment spooks me to the core. Because it means we cannot exist as we do now and find a path for societal elevation. Will Smith is our star. He's the success story we would trot out to prove America works. Hmm. Well, we cer certainly proved something that night. And, uh, 
And now what? How, how does it all reshape? What, what form does it take? I, I know I've been open about my fears of the catastrophic outcome. And they're as real as anything I experience in my tangible touch and feel world of I can hock a loogie across my carpet right now. So, is that the malaise? When I walked out this morning to my living room, well, Phoebe had a bad night. She ruined my rug. I don't even know which end of her it came out of, but it came out four different places. And as she sits there, miserable, I think to myself, maybe that's all I'm here for. My poor dog, whatever she ate, that got her sick as a sick as a dog. <laughs> well, she is still there. And I don't know which maneuver will be next, but at least now I'm ready for it. We've rolled up the rug. Well, we haven't, but we mentally decided we need to roll that rug up and put that rug in the trash. There is no other outcome for it. So my living room will change from a soft traverse to the kitchen to a clickety-clackety-clickety-clackety. Oh, Phoebe, I hope you feel better sometime later today. Maybe just being here to give her a rub on the near, on the ear and a quick pat on the head that it's okay, Bubba. Because you know who felt the worst this morning? I've seen her look on her face ever. My dog. In fact, when I woke up at, I don't know, 5.50-something in the morning, as my clock is now programmed to do, well, Phoebe wasn't in my room. <laughs> which is very unusual. In fact, I don't know if that had ever happened. Unusual enough that I noticed it and got up to look for her. And I saw her asleep on the on the chaise lounge in the living room, and I thought, oh, well, she must have wanted to stretch out. I went to the bathroom, probably played a game of pinball, and went right back to bed, because I was in the middle of what I can only describe as the most enthusiastic run of dreams and it's been all week. It's been since my dreams came back. It's like I have the most thrilling subconscious dream life again I've ever experienced. Every dream. I'm a hero in a circumstance of greatness or I'm in a circumstance of unbelievable experience like I've never had it before. Like the first time you ever go ziplining across a traverse of any kind of speed and and thrill. Well, if your entire state of dreaming feels it's existing in that moment of enthusiasm, that's what my dream life has been like. So when I went back to sleep this morning, I'm well aware that whatever was happening in the living room could have been about to happen, already have happened, or mid-process, and I just wouldn't have even noticed because I couldn't wait for the next dream. And I was rewarded. Four hours of 
over-the-top enthusiasm coming through until inevitably at 11.30, even I said, that's enough. Get up. Hmm. I really did. I had to drag myself out of bed. And I bet if I nodded off right now, I could have a phenomenal dream. So one, where'd my dreams go? Why was I shut out for six weeks? Two, why have they returned in a capacity where I can't even pretend to lucid dream? It's too intense. I can't collect myself in the dream enough to turn it lucid. Instead, all I can do is sit there and be thrilled out of my teeth. Okay. I mean, this can't continue. I've never, ever dreamt at this pace. Ever. In fact, I used to wake up energized with so much vigor for my morning and day that my dreams were almost recuperative. And now, I'm so mentally spent after sleeping because I've been through too much enthusiastic thrilling life that I almost need a nap. I'm exhausted from mental dreaming. I'm experiencing it this morning. And and I've gone down to to you know play tennis against the wall warming up. I've I've ridden my bike up and down hills to get some energy. I mean it's like I have to find a way to physically come back from all the mental ang- and it's not anguish, but it's just expense that my night has cost me. It's like I have to work myself back into my physical reality. It's something I've never been through before, so I'm just going to uh, make sure that feeling doesn't get overlooked, because it's, it's happened all week. And it's funny, I, I was originally going to center the whole conversation today on letting people down. The idea that you can let others down. You can let yourself down, even. Disappointment. And uh, and I, I'm not going to get into that one now, because I've obviously been recording for too long already. Hey, let's try something. I'm going to turn down my volume. Then I'm going to unlock my phone. And I'm going to see if that noise doesn't happen. Hey. Getting better all the time. Okay. Um... Now, what if the recording is affected? Well, apologies to the guinea pigs who just participated in this experience, but it did improve everything going forward, if nothing else, because that worked, and that has been the most annoying part of the recordings. So, that had to be fixed. Whatever fallout it brings, that part comes with it. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I've described how I need to know how things work so I can make mistakes. Then I can learn how they really work. Um, I said to work yesterday as I was leaving, the downside to being aware of kind of the whole situation is that you really can only enjoy the victories so much because you see the next thing that has to get done. Or if a victory is there, a true win... In three days, there's so much that has filtered in now that needs correcting that the victory is gone. This is a very difficult mindset to 
manage. For me, it has been. Because every day I go in, I leave the place a little better. But over the course of 10 days, I can see us fall back far enough that it's like, boy, we were further ahead a week ago. And we were. And um, and so it goes, right? Maybe I'll never get to fix this department to the fullest extent I want to because it's unfixable by one person over the course of the rush of the season's hot months. I don't know. Maybe it takes a team now of eight at their peak performance always just to maintain the systems intact as they should be. And so having one seventh, my one eighth of that, of course I am. Uh, boy, there's another impact of weed. It makes your numbers go wickety and your language go wickety wonkety. Oh, well, your thoughts go clickety clackety, clarity, clarity. So <clears throat> trade-offs worth it. My one-seventh to one-eighth contribution of the equation, depending on whether or not I have 114% of me, isn't of relevance. It's that to really make it work, it's 90 to 95% of everybody all the time. And I, I, I'm just curious, does anybody want to work like that? Do you want to have to work at 90 to 95% capacity in your job for 40 hours a week does that fit for you? It does not for me. It does not for me in a way that if that's what's expected, well, then you're going to have to have a 50-hour work week because I need 10 hours of fucking around time to give you 40 hours of productive time. I'm being honest. And yet, I realize now that I can give you eight hours of productive time three days a week. On the fourth day, it's an iffy proposition. And by the fifth day, I'm probably fucking pissy enough that I shouldn't be there. Because I see too many of the mistakes that aren't getting fixed across five days time. And I think, well, if in five days nobody got to this, when the fuck is anybody going to get to it? Unless it's me. So I've cut back on my work schedule to three days a week. Well, two actually. But I agreed to pick up the third based on need because I see now how much the system itself beats me down. And I know I'm working at Home Depot. Of course it beats you down. It's a shitty job. That's why people don't work there for 40 years. Well, one, some people actually do. And enjoyably, I might add, though they are rare, they're there. And two, it shouldn't be this way. If the job in America is to produce and give effort, to contribute to an economy so that the whole engine is fluid and prosperous for everybody, well then, 40 years at Home Depot should be good enough for everybody who thinks, I want to do this, and I want to do it at a level that is contributing daily, but I don't want to take work home with me, and I don't want to think about anything outside of work for the time I dedicate to my family or other interests. That person should be able to work at Home Depot till the end. And so when I think about why they can't anymore, well, 
It gives me these two pages of notes. And I haven't even gotten to any of it. Well, I probably got into some of it. But, I don't know. I'm not going to get to it now, because that would make this get to the unlistenable point. We're already at 47 combined minutes, or more. So, do I have a point? Yeah, I have a point. I try not to be indulgent when I record about how much time it takes to listen to me finally make a point worth hearing. I don't want to belabor people's already too compressed sense of free time as to what in their life is bringing them value. I know I'm tiresome. I am well aware of it. So when I cut myself off, it may not be my natural instinct because I see a point right there that looks pretty interesting. But if I start that point, where are we going to end up? Who knows? I just know that I don't believe in anything but the best in all of us. And therefore, I think, why aren't we working toward the best? Not just in ourselves, but in everything around us. And I don't know that anybody gets to say that anymore. That their life is so filled with contentment that they feel like they're at their best wherever they go. And that's probably an unrealistic expectation because humans are built to make mistakes. Forgiving us for our mistakes is kind of like saying, I accept that you're human. Loving us because we're human means loving us even though we make mistakes. And we all get that, but we don't all necessarily live it because I think a lot of times we're pushed outside of those understandings by the things around us. I think that sums up what I've had to say today as well as anything. If I get distracted by anything else here, I'll even lose my train of thought. So rather than doing that, let's leave this one concise and relatable, or at least... Let's pretend it is, right? I'm going to stop ending these with right. Because that's another thing that annoys me. i got too many endings that end in the same silly way. Right?